You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Welcome to another episode of our Live Fraternity Calls, where members from our community come together to share wins and conundrums, as well as crowdsource wisdom and accountability as we pursue goals and growth in our six uncommon pillars. I am one of your hosts, Ryan. I'm joined by my co-host, Philip, as well as several members from the fraternity. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the call. Good morning. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. So this is our first call in April, which is our Fervent Faith Month and the last of our uncommon pillars to cover. This month, we'll really uh, be building a foundation of faith as it's exercised and expressed in our various roles as men. So talking about just our leading ourselves in the faith and then leading our, our wives in our faith, leading our families in you know, family discipleship. And then what does it look like to really share our faith uh, with those around us, whether that's at our workplace or at, at a coffee shop and just being witnesses for Christ. And I just wanted to say, uh, you know, we're we're unashamed in our faith in Jesus. And just to say to anyone listening, like regardless of where you're at in your faith journey, like we just want to be a voice of, of truth and encouragement to you and a safe space to really explore growth in your faith. And we believe that salvation is exclusively found through a personal relationship with Jesus because of his atoning work on the cross and resurrection. And it is Easter week. So this is like perfect sure is. timing. <laughs> so we're celebrating, but we are in a, an inclusive community in the sense that regardless of whether or not you call Jesus Lord, you're welcome to explore this community so long as you have an open mind and heart. And we would never want anyone to feel disqualified or unworthy of pursuing membership in the fraternity because they don't currently share our uh, religious beliefs, if that makes sense. So just know if you want to be a part of this community, we're going to tell you, we're going to talk about Jesus a lot because we love him and uh, we're going to share the amazing things he's done in our lives. And we just want others to know him too. So anybody have anything to add to that? Hope no one staunchly disagrees with what I <laughs> said. <laughs> cool. Well, we can go ahead and, and get into uh, wins yeah. or conundrums from the week. I know of at least one conundrum we've kind of been talking about, but yeah, I want to kick it to the group. I'll, I'll say a win because it was one of my rocks and things that I want to be held accountable to. Uh, I took my son on a rite of passage little weekend. Um, it wasn't anything super fancy, but uh, it was intentional for him to talk through what does it mean to be a man in the Ramsey household. And so uh, it was his, both of his grandpas were there and then one of his uncles and then myself just pouring into him and, and kind of talking through that. So I uh, had an amazing time. Um, and it, I think he really did feel honored and um, happy. And it's been fun to see little actions that he's taken after that weekend, just to kind of like prove to maybe himself that he's like in a different state. So it was good. That's awesome. 
I would strongly encourage anybody who have boys to do that. It, it was neat. Eight, is it age 13? That's yeah, age 13 is yeah. kind of when they recommend it, but you know, every kid's a little different, but I think right. that's, I think it was a good gauge. It was the right age. What role did the grandpas play in the process? Good question. I sent them letters or I sent them questions beforehand. Like, when did you know you were, you were a man? Who was the most influential person at shaping you and being a man? What was the biggest obstacles that you, sh- you know, things like that, um, that we talked through. So not only did they, did they talk through their questions, which is really good for Beckham to hear because it was super authentic, but then, uh, we stayed over or we stayed at a night, a little cabin and we went on a hike at like, a, would say like nine 30 or 10. So it was, it was pitch black and there was only one flashlight and Beckham was the one who had to hold it. So he was the one who was like shining a light, showing the path. Um, and then we were kind of behind him and wherever he went, we were like followed him. So, um, I don't know, just kind of more support and just kind of showing him, uh, that we're here for him that we'll, We'll answer any questions that he has. Um, but yeah, good question. Hmm. What was your favorite takeaway from the weekend? Um, I think, yeah, I think the hike, he went on about an hour hike and like, I told him it could be as short or as long as he wants. Um, but we were in this pretty big property and, and it got dark and quiet, kind of scary at a couple of points. Cause we were like, we don't really know where we're at. And I gave him a map. Uh, but like this map was horrible. Like you couldn't figure out where you were at, uh, which was kind of fun. And there was a time where he's like, I'm gonna, let's go down here. And we're like, okay. You like, we didn't really ask any questions. We we're just like, let's do it. And it ended up being like this really like gnarly path that ended up just stopping. But the fact that he would go down it and we all were there to follow him was kind of symbolizing like, Hey, we'll be behind you. Even in bad decisions kind of thing. <laughs> so that was probably my favorite moment. Did you have your paintball slingshot on you just in case it got dicey? Mm, we did pass that. And I got to tell him like, that was the part where we, <laughs> the GWB got me. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I thought it was really cool. Cause after we had uh, Saturday morning, we went to breakfast and then we did an escape room together, just kind of something fun to do. And then we came back to our house and there was all of his aunts, um, his cousins, his grandma's, like we had kind of a celebration at a party there, which I think he felt really like just special, you know, he felt honored in it. So the whole weekend went really well. Yeah. That's super cool. Uh, you mentioned that there's been a couple instances where Beckham, uh, your son has kind of demonstrated that he's, this is top of mind for him. Like, do you have an example of something that he's done or said? Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday. I don't know what it is, but like the kid cannot cut his own food. <laughs> like he just has trouble doing it or he doesn't like to do whatever. Uh, and so it's always like, Oh my goodness. Well, I noticed that at that weekend, cause we went to Rube steakhouse, he cut his own steak with his knife and his fork, which I thought was cool. And then yesterday we were having dinner and he was cutting, you know, like, so I was just like, Hey, you go buddy. You know? And uh, there's been a couple of things with his brother Oakley knows how to push buttons and he's, tried to avoid them. We tried to avoid Oakley at some times, which I thought was like, that's, that's being mature, you know, like just try wide berth around Oakley. Cause he'll try to push every button you can. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I was also going to ask, so what does it look like for you moving forward? Cause I'm, I'm sure like 
you don't want to just have this awesome weekend. Right. I mean, he's going to still right. be under your roof for the next five years, however long. Yeah. So kind yeah. of what does that look to have like maybe some regular touch points? I know you referenced yeah. a couple books. Do they kind of get into that or? Yeah, they do. Um, what I thought was cool is at one point in the weekend, I had this like whiteboard kind of thing. And we all just kind of talked about characteristics in a man that are good or bad. Right. So one of the things that we've seen demonstrate really well, what characteristics and what characteristics are we kind of like, Oh, that's that not ideal. And so we wrote them all down. And at the end I gave Beckham a different colored marker. And I was like, Hey, I want you to circle the ones that you want to be not work on, but like you want to know more about, or you think these are important for you to start shaping into being who you want to be. So we circled all those and I have that list. So I thought it would be kind of cool. Just kind of, you know, maybe every week or so just kind of, Hey, let's talk through more about how to be a hard worker. You know, you circled that. So that's kind of my takeaway from it. Um, is just kind of keep pouring into him on things that he thought were important characteristics for him. Um, and just kind of keep like pouring into him knowing that being a man, isn't like a one singular thing. It's like, over time you start maturing and stuff. And so that's what I thought I could do. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. And mm-hmm. I'd say like in regard to the rite of passage, that's actually something Phil and I have talked a lot about of wanting to um, start, you know, leading some retreats for dads and their sons. And, and you can totally do it if you have daughters as well. Um, it just looks a little yeah. bit different. You'd want to obviously involve like the, the women of the family um, in that. But um, yeah, we really love the idea of, and there are other organizations that kind of do a similar thing where they take, you know, a group of maybe five or six dads and their sons anywhere from maybe 13 to 15 or 16. So it doesn't have to be kind of that hard stop age, but maybe going out to Colorado and climbing a 14er and just spending some time in the woods, but also having intentional time to, you know, let them kind of explore different leadership roles. I know that was a big part of uh, your your weekend, Phil, was even when you guys got to where you were staying, kind of letting Beckham choose who was going to do what roles mm-hmm. and just getting them used to like delegation and making decisions. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we, uh, we're excited to maybe offer that in the next year or so. Um, obviously, like not all of our kids are at that age, so... It's really kind of like, who do we know that has, has uh, boys that are kind of in that age and would be up for something like that. But mm-hmm. I'm already excited to, to do it with my kids and they're only three and one. So <laughs> <laughs> I just heard of another guy who took his son, uh, his nephew. So his son's cousin and his brother, and they went to Grand Canyon and went rim to rim. Mm-hmm. And this like route, this Escalante route, he's like, Farley underestimated it. <laughs> he was like, it was the most amazing thing, but he was like, it is not for the faint of heart. And <laughs> at the beginning he was calling the, the boys, boys, like, Hey boys, like let's stay closer boys and little boys. But he's like, by the, the fourth day, he was like, I was calling them men because they truly demonstrated like, he was like, you had to be a man to get through that. You know? So I was like, Ooh, I want to do that again. Like, <laughs> let's reset. So <laughs> I, don't know, I love just getting challenged in that way of like, wow, that's a better, that's really cool. And maybe we can do something like that later. And so anyway, this crowdsource wisdom is really powerful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Any other reflections on what Phil shared or does anyone have any other wins or conundrums? I had kind of a, well, it, it definitely was a win by the end, but uh, um, Laura and I had some pretty, pretty hard conversations this week. Um, I forget, or what was it? Saturday night from like midnight to 4 a.m. And uh, I think we both just realized by the end of it that we're both doing kind of a crappy job of really loving each other in in the correct love language. Like we're both like using our own love language to try and love the other person. And, and we're just like missing the mark. Um, and uh, just to have the, the time or well, make the time and having those conversations. And um, I feel like we've really been connected more and being intentional about some things. So we're uh, one of the things that came out of that. One of our action items was that uh, we're at least going to take a few nights, three or four times a week where we don't bring any electronics into the bedroom, TV off, and we take some time to just, you know, read through our Bible a little bit, do a, a study or something and just take time to connect. Um, so we did that last night was our first one. And, uh, and, you know, being Holy Week and everything. So I worked through a little bit of Matthew um, while she was working on her new, her new notebook that, that uh, she's excited about, but, uh, and then just took some time to like work through a gratitude journal for a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, want to keep that going and, and being intentional about our time in the evenings. Cause it's so easy to just jump on a phone and scroll through Facebook marketplace, looking for motorcycles, you know? Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's some really hard conversations, like I said, but um, it was really, really good for us. Good job. Tom, I love the, so the, what, what Ryan referenced earlier was Tom posted something about how uh, his son threw a tantrum (laughs) and kind of like working through like, am I being a bad dad or what? But man, I was super encouraged. Tom uh, seems to have handled that in such a godly way. And he still stayed resolute on what the consequence was and so um i don't know tom if you want to take a quick second to kind of give everyone kind of an update but yeah um yeah it was just that night and then the next day it was like normal everything was fine i mean he he's been a little more like you ask him to do something he just kind of just dropped everything and just said no so it's like okay but just kind of redirecting him um and i based i I think what ended up getting through him is through that uh, discipline is saying hey do you want to make a good choice or a bad choice and if you make good choices you're gonna feel good about yourself you're gonna you know you can make good decisions so he you know, when he did that the next day, he started making good. I said, do you want to make a decision? He's like, okay, I'm going to make that good decision. Cause he, I think he knew that he didn't want to go down that path again. No, so, good. Yeah. So yeah, he's, you know, I mean, what six year old is perfect. I mean, they all have their own issues and stuff. You're right. Just got to learn to work through it. And I was kind of sad 
Like, I was kind of bothered by it all, but I just wanted to hear from other dads and just wondered, like, just normal or just something. So it would it was good to hear from some of you guys. It was very encouraging to me. Good. Yeah, I, I'd say consistency is the hardest part of parenting, isn't it? Like, <laughs> oh, it's just exhausting to be, you know, consistent with discipline, especially. So good job. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ryan. Oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say our our youngest, our eight year old, Peyton. She's she's a real feeler, and we've learned over many years of just making stupid mistakes. That that uh, yeah, once she gets in that mode. You know, if you start going down that path of like taking away privileges and stuff, you'll get all the way down that path because they're in no place at all to, um, to you know, use logic and make good decisions. Um, <laughs> we, we've probably only used it super effectively a couple times, but redirecting um, like to something totally different and random. Um, I wish I could remember the specific example, but, you know, even just like bringing something up about, you know, school or something or, or you know a, a playtime but just trying to redirect them to something totally different um but i i give you props for holding to your decision because if uh you and your wife aren't aren't um together on that and then you know if, if you immediately go back on the punishment um you know that that creates a bad habit for the future of thinking that when mom and dad say one thing, they don't follow through. So, but um, yeah, no, good job. Thank you. Oh, Ryan, come on, buddy. Talk to me, man. Give me an update. What's going on? What's the update? Um, update. Uh, I'm going to be talking to my dad probably today. So that's pretty <laughs> good. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And actually, I was going to ask you, you, Philip, and the rest of the guys, um on the rite of passage how you incorporated that generational influence like with the grandparents and things like that what would you guys do in a situation where you well i feel like i don't have that to kind of lean on you know that generational wisdom that you can gain from a grandfather and things like that what are you guys thoughts on on that sort of situation should i bring in just like maybe people are influenced like guys that I respect highly and kind of bring them in, in on it or, or, or should this be like a one-on-one situation? I think it's definitely, there's no wrong answer. So let's start there. Um, but I think it would kind of be cool to bring in guys that, you know, you respect and that Zane, cause I know him would, would appreciate and I think the biggest thing for me, just having more people involved is just to show him that like he's supported and this is a transition. He's going to have a lot of questions. He's going to be getting bombarded. The world's going to hit him with. He needs to know that he has people and resources that he can reach out to. Like to me, that was important. And like, sometimes there's things that like, you just don't want to talk to your dad about and, and maybe not even your grandpa's, but uh, his uncle that was there. Like, I really feel like, that could be a safe place of like, Hey, I got a couple questions. Like, you know, um, so I, I don't know if it has to be generational, um, because the wisdom that can be just shared with your experience alone is going to be super valuable to him. Yeah. 
The only thing I might add to the to that, and granted, I have not done a rite of passage, but just going off different podcasts and resources I've encountered, like I don't know if the rite of passage itself is a time to probably introduce your son to a completely new person. I think the people you invite into that should be people that already have men that already have uh, some type of relationship with your son, and you can build upon that. Certainly, after the rite of passage, you could be intentional if if there was you know a mentor of yours or, or just an, another man that you felt had some experience and wisdom that there was an appropriate uh, way to kind of uh, have them interact with with your son. Um, but I think yeah. I would agree. Like, I don't think you have to, you know, be worried that you don't have the the knowledge or wisdom to give and that there has to be, you know, an older person on that retreat. Um, whether it's, if it's just you and if there's some uncles or, you know, if your son has a coach uh, or whatever that looks like, um, just bringing those men in and you can kind of build off that that foundation after after that weekend, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I have to go with Coach Ramsey then. Let's go <laughs> bring him <laughs> in. <into> <laughs> and, and it's kind of cool because like you can start having the development now because like what is he 11, 10, 11? 10. Yeah. So you know, like start thinking about maybe somebody who's like, hey, like maybe it's like you and me taking Oakley and Zane out. You know what I'm saying? Like it can. It can be that, and what a cool thing just to start planting that seed and maybe another friend of yours life that Zane really looks up to, like his his friend, you know, like, hey, let's let's start planning this now. In three years, let's do something neat for our kid, you know, and you can kind of plant that seed. Something that I, I was reading for quite some time about the whole thing, and then it just snuck up on me. Like, I should have been doing a lot more work beforehand. Uh, you know, it all, you know how it is. And uh, kind of a God moment of my wife just put something on the calendar, you know. Okay, we're doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks. That, that's really helpful um, to be, you know, try to do something now so that when it time does come, it's uh, intentional, obviously, and also very, very planned out. So, yeah. And I can drop the two books that I read in the, um, like, I'll, I'll text them to you so you have them. I'll put them in Kajabi. Yeah. Thank you. And I, uh, so you guys may have noticed there's a new resource page on our, in our Kajabi site. So I'm still adding resources to that. Um, and from the, the milestones to manhood book, I've kind of compiled that into a template, um, just using some of the questions and the prompts that they have. So I'll put that in there as well. And that can really just kind of be like a organic growing document that we can all refer to. So uh, I wanted to ask real quick, Orion, like, how are you feeling about your conversation with your dad later today? Um, excited, uh, nervous. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the feelings, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely ready to have the conversation. So instead of like just about it and thinking about it, I'm ready to do it. So Awesome, man. Dude, I'll be praying for that. That's great. Yep, same here. Thank you. We're excited to uh, yeah, hear, hear, hear how it goes. It's going to be awesome. Any other wins, conundrums, recipes that you guys are excited about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
Sweet. We'll get into today's uh, content. So for the past few months, we've been doing a deep dive through the Uncommon Six Pillars. So we did Radical Relationships, Worthwhile Work, Holistic Health, Stellar Stewardship, Victorious Vision. We've covered a lot of awesome material, I think, and just skills and mindset that I, I think we've all benefited from. And I mean, we're seeing the fruit of that, certainly. But I dare say we saved the best, most important pillar for last, that being fervent faith, which I don't know if there's a cornerstone that holds up pillars. Like I'm not an, uh, an architect or engineer, but I, if there was, I'd say this would be <laughs> the cornerstone. If we're honest, you know, apart from God and his strength and wisdom and love, like it doesn't matter how much we try to learn skills and implement them. Like apart from him, we can't do anything good in our relationships or our stewardship, our vision, our, our health. So today we are really, we're all Christian men. We go to church. So the goal isn't to do a sermon, but if, as I was thinking of like, what, what did I really want us to focus on? The thing that's was coming up for me over and over was just our position and our identity in Christ. And I think, especially it being Holy Week, um, just reflecting on you know what Jesus has done for us, understanding our identity in Him, it really it really will inform our personal faith and disciplines, and that that then directly feeds into our identity as as husbands and fathers, friends in our workplace, and so on. So, I really just wanted to read through a passage in Ephesians. If you have the Bible app on your phone, feel free to take a moment pull it out. It's just Ephesians chapter one, verse three through 14. So it's a little bit bigger of a passage, which is why I thought if you wanted to read along, feel free to do so. Ephesians chapter one, verse three through 14. And as I read this, and if you want to read along, I would just say pay special note to the blessings and benefits that are ours as a result of being in Christ. So on your mark, get set, go. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Ooh, I'm going to take a quick sip. <laughs> I'd love to hear how many times in that passage uh, does it say in him or in Christ? Because I thought that I kept picking that up. Anybody want to take a guess? <laughs> <laughs> Just throw a number out there. What do you think? 
Nine. It was nine times. Nine times. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, and I think it's important to note that God like Paul is writing this to his church and addresses them as such, like we, us, are not you, me, and mine. He's emphasizing the corporate calling uh, as opposed to merely individual calling. So I love that that he's he's speaking to a group of people. So it's really cool. What other reflections did you guys have while Ryan was reading? What benefits or blessings in our position in Christ stood out to you? I think one that stood out to me um, was I like the lines that that he chose us right um there's nothing that we did is that he chose us and how it must feel to be chosen by us like it's almost like if you pick a team and you're the number one all draft pick i choose you right and that's that speaks volumes to just the love and the grace that god gives us is that he chose us and we didn't choose him mm. yeah it's like it's like getting picked for the all-star team and the other right. team's like a jun- junior high team. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and elsewhere in, in scripture, kind of on that note, it talks about just the meaning of adoption. And when you're adopted, you gain the rights of, you know, we're co-heirs with Christ. So like we share in everything that is his, not based on any merit of our own, um, but solely because like we have a new name and a new a new family and and everything that was Christ that he deserves he shares with us is can't even fathom that. <laughs> hey guys, other, I gotta take yeah. off, but I gotta take off. But hey, happy Holy Week, happy Easter! Uh, thanks for everything, and I'll see you in next week. Bye, Phil. Bye, Phil. Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye <laughs> What other blessings or benefits from our position in Christ stood out to you guys? I like how toward the end it talks about in him we have received an inheritance and, you know, and then toward the end of the, you know, verse 14, you know, the Holy Spirit's down payment of our inheritance. So, you know, all throughout the Bible, you know, it tells it's always telling us that, you know, our life isn't here, but it's in heaven. And, you know, we, you know, we're not guaranteed all the, you know, great rich blessings of, you know, health or, you know, there's persecution around the world. And so it's just a great reminder that, you know, we're here to share and spread the good news. Yeah, that's good, Tom. I can kind of rattle off some of the other ones. So touched on a couple, but yeah, it says God has lavished upon us his glorious grace in Christ. We have redemption through Jesus's blood, forgiveness of our sins. Our salvation is him. Um, I really like this one. Um, God has given us understanding of his mysterious will. Uh, We are marked, like you said, Tom, we're marked with Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, We're sanctified. So continuously being made holy. We're glorified in Christ and we have fellowship with Christ and each other as a body, the church. Why do you guys think it's important for us to regularly reflect on our position in Christ? And like, what impact does knowing this, what can it have? What impact can it have on like our spiritual disciplines? I, I believe that knowing who you are in Christ um, 
and knowing your identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And once you see just a glimpse and just like even just a measure of his grace, what he was talking about there in Ephesians is like how our salvation through, you know, the sacrifice of Jesus it, it should make you want to and desire to spend time with him and, and honestly just to worship. You know what I mean? It should be a response of worship. It should be a response of like gratitude, right? And it should make us desire God more, in my opinion. Yeah, agree. Any other thoughts on, on that? Just the importance of knowing our position in Christ and how it should impact us. No, that's good. I feel like Orion nailed it. <laughs> what would you guys say, you know, when we talk about personal disciplines, so we've talked about, you know, reading, reading the Bible, being in prayer, maybe, maybe for some of us, it's journaling, memorizing scripture. I think it also extends outward to like serving, being a part of the church body community. What would you guys say are some of the biggest challenges you're currently fa- facing in your personal disciplines? I would say for me, being consistent, <laughs> the discipline, the day-to-day, the everyday. Does it sometimes feel like a an obligation of like a, a have to more than a, a get to or a want to? Yeah, I would say more like I have to as opposed to I get to some days, you know. It's really bad to think that way when you think of the sacrifice that, that he made for us, right? And it's like that you got to remind yourself and speak to yourself and like, this is a get-to type of deal, not a have-to. Meaning when I say have-to, like, like it's an obligation. Yep. For me, I think it's like digging deeper. Um, you know, I when I read things, I'm a pretty surface level reader. Um, and so, you know, like I've through Bible studies and, and stuff in the past and, and different, uh, you know, classes or whatever through church, you know, some people like they can read like one sentence and like talk about it for an hour. And I read that same sentence and I'm like, okay, yep. <laughs> and like, I, yeah, no, I, I I think I got the thing from it. Right. Um, and, uh, what do they call it? Exegesis. Um, yep, yep. like, uh, definitely not a strong suit of mine. I've, I've tried, you know, through obedience, you know, being more consistent with at least, you know, starting with the Bible app first thing in the morning. Um, my general rule is Bible app before Facebook or Instagram. Um, and, uh, but, it's kind of like a thing that I do and I check it off. I'm like, okay, now I can get up and start my day, but Uh. like taking really intentional time. Um, and, and then like actually getting something out of it, um, has, has always been a tough thing for me. Um, unless it's something really cool, like a bear mauling a bunch of people or, you know, like (laughs) Nephilim or like revelations, like, um, you know, stuff outside of that, I guess just, doesn't grab my attention as much. I, I feel like that's a really bad way to say it, but no, I don't think you're alone in that. <laughs> right. 
yeah, I'm like reading through the book of Acts right now, which is, you know, there's a lot of fantastic stuff going on and you kind of read it more as a story and it's entertaining. And then mm. you can get into some of the old Testament areas of scripture where it's a little slower. Um, and yeah, I have to, I don't just get to read it and be in And granted, there are a lot of amazing nuggets of truth, like in the book of Acts as well. So I think regardless of like where I'm reading, it is just a, a need to slow down, even reread like repetition. Um, not trying to just, and I'm right there with you as far as like kind of that check mark in the day of like, okay, now I, now I can do all the other stuff. And it's like, that's revealing of, of like my heart and what I right, like right. truly desire, you know, what have you guys observed as like some of the negative consequences in your marriage or, or, you know, parenting in particular, when you kind of get lax in your, in pursuing God through devotional times? I would say for my parenting, I'm not as patient. And for my marriage, I would say I'm not as loving as I should be. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is like the fruits of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace. And you know, when you're not focused on God and you're not in the word and you're, you know, in the world, not of the world, I think it's very easy to go along with sin nature. So I think those are the consequences where you don't, you're not focused on, you know, what Jesus, being like Jesus. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. I would also say like, I'm just more anxious and kind of fearful about the future as I think of just my family as a whole. And I'm much more tempted to rely on myself than trusting God, whether it's a situation where my almost three-year-old is having a meltdown or, you know, we're talking about our finances. It's like, how do I fix these problems instead of like, all right, how do I, rest in who God is and who I am in him and allow him to give me the wisdom that I need in that moment to respond um, and trust and, and have faith in, in him to work it for good. Uh, we have like two minutes left. So I just wanted to, on that note, read a quick uh, excerpt from John 15. So the vine and the branches, and I'll read it. We can kind of share some last minute reflections and then we'll, we'll sign off. So it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Question with that would be like, why, why do you guys, even from this passage or just as we've been talking, why is maintaining disciplines in our faith and like abiding in Christ like so important? in just every other area in our lives. Anything to, to add on to what we've already shared? I, I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, I think if people knew me as who I am, like in my sin nature, and I, I think that with anybody, I think we can be pretty, you know, rotten, evil of the world. But when we focus on Jesus, we become more, like him and become more passionate and so i think that's kind of where 
you know, like you put your identity in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, in these, these next couple of weeks, we're really going to just be building upon this foundation of personal devotion next week, looking at like, what does it look like to then lead our, our spouses in our faith? Um, do things like John's doing like, Hey, instead of sitting on the couch on our phones, let's spend some time in God's word and let's just talk about it and pray. And then what does it look like as a, as a couple to lead our family and family discipleship and then outside of the home. But I'd, I'd say just on this topic, like if we're not being filled with God's truth, like what do we have to pour out to our, our wives, to our kids, to the people that just God brings across our path. We're just going to be trying to do it in our, in our flesh, which isn't going to be helpful for anybody. Um, I wanted to read, I know know we got to sign off here. So I wanted to read just another quick passage and then just ask several questions just for us to kind of rhetorical questions for us to kind of ponder um, as we go from our time today. Sound good guys got cool. Yeah. So in the book of Revelation, Jesus addresses the church in Ephesus, and he says, I know your deeds, your labor, and your perseverance. Without growing weary, you have persevered and endured many things for the sake of my name. But I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love. Therefore, keep in mind how far you have fallen, repent, and perform the deeds you did at first. And I find this passage so compelling because he starts off really commending them for their their work and their perseverance. But then he, you know, rebukes them for falling away from their first love of just like fellowship and being with Christ. And I think that's something that we're all tempted to fall into. It's like, I'm doing a, I'm doing a lot of work at my job and, and I'm trying to do all these things to, you know, please to be a good husband, be a good father. And I'm doing all these things for God, but where is, where am I at in just, you know, I think of Mary and Martha. Am I sitting at God's feet and just worshiping him for who he is? And so the questions I'd love for us each to to consider, and I'll post these um, in our circle as well, but you know, as you think of this passage, have you abandoned your first love? Are you performing religious duties and deeds, but forsaking just the enjoyment of God's presence? And the next question is, when you consider your relationship with Jesus, think back to when he first drew you into a relationship with him. Like, what were what did you feel like? What were the, the things that you did at first? How did you pursue him? Maybe what are some things you did then that you've gotten away from that you can kind of return to? And then the last question is, what is something that is currently stirring your affections for Christ? I got lunch with a friend a couple months ago, and he just asked me that, and I was like, whoa. So he's just like, what is, what's stirring your, your affections for Christ? And I honestly had to like, think about it. Um, so I'd love for us to just, I know we don't have time to really kind of answer that right now, but again, I'll post these. We can be thinking about them. If you want to answer them in the circle, feel free. I'll, I'll probably plan to do that. Um, so yeah, I know we ran a little over. Anybody have any uh, kind of final parting words of wisdom or, or anything? No. Well, sweet. I appreciate you guys being here. Have an awesome rest of your week. Enjoy celebrating Easter. And even though our kids get really excited about the eggs and the candy, just remember that it's, it's much more than that. So how can we, how can we kind of communicate that to them? So appreciate you guys. Take care. Take care. Bye. See you. 
Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.